I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for Dungeon Masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm Caitlin Brotney. And I'm Alan Arthur. And we love scams. We love scams. Oh, guys, we love scams. We love you. We love a husband in the mic. Yes. On the mic. I'm in here. the studio. Yeah. Thank in our bedroom. In our, <laughs> this is where the magic happens and where everything happens. Yeah. Like on cribs. Yeah, except, except all those people had real jobs. And, real. Hal- and real houses. houses. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like, here's our queen's apartment. Except wow. for Red Man. That was the best one. I don't remember when it. When he takes him to his house in like Staten Island or something. I don't remember it. And it's Someone, hilarious. One of the houses was like, they had a bunch of people with cardboard and like laying on the floor. It could have been his. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. He had like a guy asleep there. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my oh, it was great. It was just real. Broken screen door, all kinds. Yes, oh, it's the like, best. It's legendary. Is, it's amazing. All right, we got a link to that. Just find it on YouTube. It's it. unbelievable. <laughs> Red Man, okay. legendary rapper, legendary Cribs guest. Great. The scam. So, also, side note, we were supposed to record earlier today, but our next door neighbor, who's a 96 year old Italian woman, invited me into her home and gave me cake and coffee yeah. and I couldn't leave. You can't, you can't leave. No. You can't dine and dash on an 96-year-old. <laughs> yes, you have to pay her with your time. With your time and I have to hear hugs, her story. Oh, we listening. hugged so much. If if either of us are sick, now we're both both sick with okay. something. Maturity survived COVID and I had She had COVID. Yeah, she crushed it. She crushed it. She's a hero. Also, the bishop was on the TV talking all about, you know, God. So maybe, maybe we need to put bishop on our TV. I'll ask her what what channel it is, just for some luck. 
<laughs> just for some COVID luck. Some good luck. We don't know. Vaccines are coming out every day. It could be also Bishop. And then I gave her a basil plant and she was so excited because we had a bunch of basil plants in the front. So I gave her a basil plant. A basil plant to an old Italian lady. It's oh, like a bouquet it's of roses. Yeah. Yes. I also gave a basil plant to the guy next door. Anyway, if you give it, let's go back to, if you give a lady, an old lady in Italian, she told me it's how you make the basil plants, how you make the sauce. Oh, you got to make the sauce. And I said, do you want, I can make you sauce. She's like, no, I'm making your sauce. You will not make this lady a sauce. Uh, well, no, I am real. The one thing I'm good at is Italian. I know, but she's, but it's exactly, like. Exactly. It was offensive. Yeah. I definitely offended her. She was like, no, I make a de sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's like, I'll breastfeed your child. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, no, no. I breastfeed. Well, no matter I'm how old I am, I will be breastfeeding. Also, there was a coffee, an Italian coffee maker. And I was like, oh, is this how you use it? She goes, I asked her if she like. I thought she boiled water to put in ground coffee because there was a kettle that was like an electric kettle, it looked like. But apparently it was like this old coffee maker. And I was like, oh, do you do, do you need ground? She goes, no, I make the real coffee. <laughs> she goes, you put it in there. And so somehow- I still don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. So making the real coffee, I don't know what that means. If you are, look, if you're an advertiser selling real coffee, <laughs> I'll buy it also. Make it a real brand coffee. Make it a real coffee and give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to any Italians out there. That's actually how she speaks. <laughs> I'm yeah. not trying to do an impression. I mean, no. I'm doing a genuine impression, not a... No, you're not caricature. No, she talked like that. Yes. It was so cute. Oh, she's so great. So we had lots of hugs. And then I was like, we've got to get back to talk about some scams on a podcast. I didn't explain any of that to her. No, because it would have she will not know what a podcast confused. is. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's get to... Wow, I've said let's get to the scam like six times, but mm -hmm. you're just so charming and your face is so pretty. I can't. <laughs> I can't Thank go. You. Alan Arthur is my incredible journalist husband who does all of the homework he's supposed to do. I try. I and like researching. Yeah. I mean, I don't like no, you don't want to digging in public records, you know, you deeply, could. but I, I like to bring stuff to the table. He likes to get to the table. Also, last night you were showing me something about Erica Girardi getting sued. So yes, Erica Jane, Erica she Jane. showed up at, um, you said it at so the well. airport coming back from Hawaii and a woman served her giant stacks of legal papers with, an, an with a $50 million dollar a lawsuit. Yeah. And page six from the New York <laughs> Post was on hand to capture live shots of her getting served with this new That's $50 million dollar lawsuit for racketeering. Yeah, they're going to keep, they should actually, like she kind of got off of it in a weird way, but they should keep going. I don't think they should ever let up on her. So as of now, as of right now, when we're recording this, this is, this is, Hit the mic. This is breaking news. This is breaking news. And when we don't even know when this, this is going to come out. No, this could be old news. <laughs> By <laughs> That's but she with housewives. looked uh, not excited to be served with a $50 million she just dollar lawsuit. Like she always does. And to have her picture taken. I don't envy that. Um, okay, let's get to our scam. Mm -hmm. Our scam of the week. What is yeah, it, Mr. Well, Arthur? It is about a man named Ed Mullins. Who's that? Ed Mullins was the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. What the hell is that? <laughs> 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 Sounds like a bunch of assholes who don't shut up. Well, it's a police union. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Benevolent is like a real ridiculous person, right? I think. Oh, belligerent is what I'm thinking. Yes. Well, there's that too. Yeah. 
They're, belligerent, that, benevolent. That is part of the story, I think, that they are very belligerent. Ugh. He, in particular, is incredibly belligerent. Ugh, um, you got to be when you're the president. But allegedly, he's also a scammer. <laughs> Great. So he's he, one of us. Yeah. So the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, for those who don't know, is a, it's a police union uh, for the NYPD. Oh, okay. And it's the fifth largest police union in the United States. I did not know that, but I learned oh, there's that. There's one even uh, larger? Fun. Yeah, there's four Great. larger. Great. Um, it has 13,000, approximately 13,000 uh, current and retired sergeants are members of the union. Okay. And you pay $1,300 a year. Um, if okay. you're on, if you're active, like SAG-AFTRA, yeah, your dues, <laughs> you pay your dues, yeah. uh, to be a member, mm-hmm. and then you pay once you retire, you pay six hundred dollars once, and I think you're a member for the rest Whoa, of your life. I wish after you retire. <sighs> so the, all of that money, ninety percent of that money that gets brought in from dues goes into this fund. I think it's called the contingent fund. Okay, and the contingent fund basically pays for the costs of doing business for the union. Okay. So if you go out to dinner... What if you need a sandwich or something? Sure. Probably not every sandwich. <laughs> but like if it's in the course like of doing business, like we're meeting. having a meeting. Exactly. Like or we're like, having a meeting. We're going to go... Uh, the, the top brass is going to go out to dinner and we're going to talk about brass. SBA business. Mm-hmm. You... Uh, what about we need more Q-tips for the bathroom? I don't know. what okay. Who but pays I'm for saying, Q-tips? But I'm like, is it is it what runs the business? Is no. There well, rent? there's there's also... They get taxpayer money as well. Oh, wow. Well, okay. A lot of unions, do, a lot of public sector unions do. So uh, not private sector. So if Amazon or whatever, yeah, if SAG after a union, you know, they're a union. Right. They don't get taxpayer money. Oh, right. But, like but a garbage if you're a teacher's union yeah. or a police union, garbage man, the idea is it's that. A public service. Exactly. Okay. So you would be funding with taxpayer money some of the pensions that they get or health benefits that they get, all so, that stuff. No, so we're paying for taxes, pay for people's day to day, like the job. And then they also pay for when they're done with the job. And then they also pay yeah. for those fun little union things what are the fun little unions like this extra union it's just like it also well so this contingent fund is supposed to be uh just for like mainly for doing business okay um business parties business (laughs) all i can think of is like a group sure i mean i guess well i mean ed mullins throws himself quite a party okay tell me more um so basically the rule was that Anything more than fifty dollars mm-hmm. that you charge to this account, okay. either you use the SBA card or you um, ask to be reimbursed. Okay. Anything more than fifty bucks, you have to have a receipt. Sure. And you have to have an attendee list. So oh. who was there? So under fifty, you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, probably <laughs> not whatever you want, but I'm trying to find. Once it hits fifty dollars, you got to write it gets, down. Gets to be more. Okay. So, and then you also have to t- share what was discussed at the event. Oh. So, if you go out to dinner, you have to say it was me That's and fair. these other people and here's what we were t- it was an assistant to the mayor mm-hmm. and somebody from the NYPD and we were talking about plastic surgery. Sure. <laughs> Usually it's hopefully it's something business. We want to start a plastic <laughs> surgery fund for all the police. That's what they need. Yeah. So, what would happen was the vice president of the board 
of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association was the person who uh, scrutinized all of the receipts. Oh, okay. So somebody for for Ed Mullins, who was the president. Okay. In 2017, the vice president retired. Okay. And the treasurer took over because the president is at the top. So you need somebody ostensibly who's... Checks and balances. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To go over his receipts, who decides what's legal for the president to do. So the, the person who was supposed to be enforcing these rules about the guest list, all that skin stuff. So Suddenly, good. why are you talking to me during while I'm doing Your it? Your skin looks so good. You look so beautiful. And I'm sitting here. Maybe it's the heat. You're just beautiful. Okay, keep going. I just want everyone to hear how beautiful you are. Keep going. Keep going. Well, they're not going to hear it because I just complained about it. I know. You interrupting me. I know, I know. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so in 2017, the vice president retired. Right. The treasurer took over. And... The treasurer took over uh, looking at Ed Mullen's receipts right, okay. for as as the president. So from there uh, is really where the Justice Department's indictment starts. It's an indictment. <laughs> yes. Wow. So in October of 2021, okay. Ed Mullen's house on Long Island was raided by the FBI. Whoa. And in February 2022, he was indicted for one count of wire fraud um, that was around a million dollars. This is crazy. This is after 2020 where they have already had so much bad rep on them. There's so much shit the NYPD is doing that everyone's upset with them for. Mm -hmm. And he still has the audacity to keep going. As a matter of fact, Ed Mullins became a bit notorious during the protests, particularly during 2020, of saying uh, very incendiary things to about protesters. Let's see. Let's let me let me give you some of his greatest hits that I've brought with me today. Um, Ed Mullins, uh, and I feel that this is relevant. It is. I feel that this is relevant because police and these loudmouth police, who I do some, I as a journalist, I report a lot on um, the prison system and the uh, criminal legal system, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. police are, as many people might know, very active in assigning blame to yes. people about whatever they might do, and not really thinking through the societal issues that might exacerbate well, their job conditions. Isn't to think through the societal no. issues, their job is to find the, f- the you know issue, give the punishment, and carry that out. They're not they're not trained to talk about how is this affect with society. And police and unions systemic. are really at the forefront of not just particularly in the last. 15 or so years. Um, I mean, they've always been resistant to change, but particularly in the last one to two decades have been really at the forefront of not just resistance to it, but hostility. And like, we're going to meet calls for even basic accountability with aggression. And Ed Mullins is one of the people who is a leader in that. Okay. Uh, so he was he very... He believes he has no responsibility in that way. No. Yeah. And now keep in mind, as you hear all this, that he's under indictment for stealing a million dollars from the members of his own union. Uh, he was a big face on like conservative media. He would go on Fox News, go on Newsmax. He appeared on um, Fox News one time with a QAnon mug uh, right behind him. Um, that oh was a big God. thing. Yeah. 
He called uh, uh, city councilman Richie Torres, who is gay. He called him a first-class whore on Twitter. What? Um, he called a city health department leader a bitch with blood on her hands. What? Um, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association made a four-minute YouTube video about blue racism, uh, which mm-hmm. is racism against police, okay. um, which included a picture of... Who do you think they had a picture of? George Floyd? No. no. Who does every racist want to quote when they're trying to look Trump. not racist? A black person? Yeah. Martin Luther King? Yes, of course. You have to have a Martin Luther King <sighs> saying, we want to be judged by the content of our character, because that's what he was talking about. It was about being nice to police. And also the Sergeant's Benevolent Association went on Twitter after Bill de Blasio's, uh, which for people not in New York City, Bill de Blasio's our former mayor, Mm -hmm. previous to the current one. His daughter was arrested during a protest in 2020, I believe. And um, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association released her entire arrest report complete with birthday ID number. They basically doxed the mayor's daughter on Twitter, um, shared her mugshot, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, so he was in trouble for some of this. He lost, um, he lost some vacation days for this behavior. Yeah. He got departmental punishment and lost some vacation days. Um, so that's, that's just some of the things he's done. If you look him up, you'll see that he's done. He said much more, but all of this stuff, um, he said that, oh, what was another one that he, oh, uh, if you don't want, some schools don't want police in the schools, and it's uh, like they're asking for school shooters. Maybe it's time they got what they asked for. Okay, I don't hear yeah, he's I don't a good hear guy. No, no, no. And now here is how he got indicted okay. for almost a million dollars of ripping off his own union members. I can't. Um, so once the treasurer, yeah, it's fucked up. He's a just, nightmare. Yeah, it's just also like, so crazy. Okay, this is so dark. But like my grandmother told me this and she was in World War II mm-hmm. and she was like every 70 years mm-hmm. people forget and they recreate these like humanitarian like awful mistakes mm-hmm. and they forget the warning signs and mm-hmm. they forget the attitudes and she goes I've seen it before she's like well cuz she was in World War 1 and World War 2 mm-hmm. so she's like we saw World War 1 happen we said never again and then she was not in World War 1 but no she knew about it. her, yeah. her family was no but her like, yeah, so, um, yeah she probably had family were, though yeah. yeah and she said that like then her generation grew up and they were like we're nothing like that. We're nothing like that. And then she's like, that was like sooner than things that are happening right now. But mm-hmm. she said, and then World War II came and it's like, we're never going to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, And then it just, people just forget and human nature takes over of like the greed and the stuff. And it drives me crazy because you have a man like this who is such a monster. And the fact that he could even grow to be a monster, that there's no checks and balances, that there's no historical significance of how people behaved in the past or Mm -hmm. any sort of personal responsibility that he just was able to fly through. Yeah. But I would say that the grift of police officers is ongoing. I don't think we've had to forget. I I don't know that it ever stopped. No, 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 I don't think it's ever stopped, but I think there have been reports. Like I think there was, because I have to believe that there are some good people. And I know we have some listeners who are like, my father and my grandfather has been doing this. So I, I'm not. Well, the p- police are nice people is a decoy argument, but no, that, maybe that's I'm for saying. another day. That's what I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't, no, I'm saying that. I'm not saying police officers are all great people. I'm saying. I'm oh sure no. Somebody- I'm just saying that's. I'm not, I don't care whether they're nice people really. 
No, they yeah, may but, be. No, but okay, I was thinking about saying. their job. Yes, but what I'm saying is like, okay, so there's a issue that happens, or there's a historic issue where you see that people are treated really badly, and it in the 60s, like mm-hmm. they have visual lots of images of the police treating people mm-hmm. really horribly, and then at least there was like. I don't know if it ever really changed, but there was some awareness that this is happening and this Mm -hmm. is a real issue. And then time continues and sort of like the highlighted pressure of that goes away and they can continue to behave how they want to behave. And I feel like Mm -hmm. right now it's highlighting again. Now I know if I was a, sure a woman of color and a family of color, we would have been like, it, it's still happening. Yeah. I don't think that it went away, but I just mean the social response of it. Yeah. It was, and, and you look in your history books and they show like the 1960s protest. And it's like, how can these police officers be holding guns when hippies are giving them flowers? And it, that's yeah, like a you look back moment. on that and you go, how like, did they let that happen? Yes. Yeah. And then it like quietly goes until you get to a person like this, who's saying a comment about that with children's schools. Mm-hmm. And it's the problem is that it hasn't gone away mm-hmm. and it has hasn't been cured and so uh, it's so frustrating because i know that there are yes there are good people out there and i know that like people had a social response to it in the 60s when it was very terrible but then the institution never changed it continued to grow in this way of like prisoner and gatekeeper and like higher than and lower than and so now we get to a point where somebody can say something like this on twitter because our media has grown Mm -hmm. and there is no there has been no checks and balances since some, since we've seen certain things like when they were so horrible, when you saw horrible human treatment in the 60s, we just talked about it. We had a social moment. You have posters of it, but then there's nothing institutionally that, I mean, there's some things have changed, but not enough to make it too that the human nature, you have these like, they just feel like aggressive pipples, like being held back and then they can just continue to grow over time. Yeah, well, it just really upsets. That me. is the the increasing approach of police and the people who train them and the people who are the loudest voices in their favor is that is like we are warriors, we yeah. are good. Everybody else is evil, and they want to kill you. They want to maim you, and there's no like you are a warrior there's but you, know you are you are here to bring a righteous whatever i mean it's very it's some dark stuff the but way also, a lot of them are trained i exactly but also there's like this thing of like even just the little stuff where they're with our son like you have legos and we're watching a lego youtube video and there's a good guy and a bad guy and yeah, it's there's like, a cop blocking somebody in yeah, a jail and it's like there's just these these ingrained things in our culture of like good and bad it's very black and white that's it yeah. and so i also feel for these Police officers, the ones who I'm, I'm sure there are genuine people just trying to do a good job that are like, oh, this is, I've always wanted to be, help the person. I've always wanted to get bad guys, quote, bad guys, this like nebulous view of it. Mm -hmm. But then it morphs into, like you're saying, like a training tool or like a war tool Mm -hmm. where you become sort of like a militia instead of becoming somebody who is solving problems. (laughs) And like when you're a child in kindergarten, you're literally solving problems all day long. So when you look at these heroes, like our son's looking at Paw Patrol and he's looking at like whatever the superheroes are saving the day, super wings, you're looking at them sit with these bad guys, quote unquote, who are just making mistakes or kind of selfish or this and they're solving problems. But then all of that goes out the window. Like the compassion goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Once you become a man and you're masculine and you're and you're some tough guy, yeah. you have to take away your compassion. So I feel for these, I basically feel for these little kids I'm seeing now that are like idolizing these police officers and these Paw Patrols and these like cops in this way because I see them 
I also see these policemen who probably at one point like were thinking good, bad, good mm-hmm. and evil. And then you get wrapped up into this training situation and this society situation, which then takes away any sort of broad spectrum of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you would expect them to maybe behave themselves, but it turns out that being extremely powerful and totally unaccountable leads to a lot of... Uh, it doesn't work. A lot it of doesn't camps. work in celebrities. It doesn't so work in MLMs. So weird. You would MLMs. think that... Um, it doesn't work anywhere. You'd think that it would work out and they would all be on their best behavior. But no, no. it turns out that shielding yourself from accountability from the public <laughs> and um, having total run of the place um, and doing whatever you want actually uh, leads to a lot of bad behavior. Let's see. And in the 70s, and you know, I mean, it's... I, I think it's true in a lot of places, but in New York in the 70s, especially, it was notorious. Like, cops were working with drug gangs. They were yeah. sticking up drug gangs. They would know, instead of breaking up a drug yeah. uh, ring or whatever, they would just basically go in and say, like, give us your money and we'll go. I mean, there's so many stories of this, like, sticking up kids, basically picking people's pockets on the streets, like, roughing yeah. them up, throwing them up against a wall, and saying, what do you got in your pocket? And, oh, in the 20s, and, and leaving. I mean, that was that was just I mean that was run of the mill stuff like I mean I guess the fact that they're not just like picking people's pockets in broad daylight in Brownsville or East New York for the most part is better in quotes but I mean it's not good Um, anyway so Ed Mullins now had a treasurer who was, let's say, less interested in um, scrutinizing the contents of his uh, requests for reimbursement. Was he making anything from these contents? Uh, I don't know. No one else was charged in this as of right now. Yeah. So he had three main ways of gaming this reimbursement system or this charging it to the union. Um, So he would charge meals that he had that were not SBA related to the SBA credit card um, so that he got to have basically a free meal. So he wasn't getting any money off of that, but he was just getting free stuff off of their card. Or he'd give them stuff that he wanted to be reimbursed for and he would inflate the cost. Oh, So... For example, um, a $45.92 at a New Jersey wine bar was billed to SBA for $845.92. Or $609.89 at a steakhouse became $909.89. So that stuff happened over and over again. And some of it was, you know... Um, a couple bucks and some was... It was all at a steakhouse. A lot of money. It was all, actually a lot of it was at a steakhouse. I mean, yeah. I don't want to like the stereotype of like He's a bunch really of old cops order. eating at a steakhouse, yeah. but that is what it was. Really or he would just report random expenses and say like, this was an SBA expense. So he'd be like, I went to the grocery store and this was an SBA. This was a union expense. I stocked up expense. the fridge. Everybody likes uh, Fruitables. The, the, they, so all in all, the Justice Department said he, he charged quite quote, uh, hundreds of high-end meals, clothing, jewelry, home appliances, and a relative's college tuition. Whoa! Yeah, that's the stuff he was getting for free. And the treasurer was just like, was not requiring receipts. He didn't submit receipts with a lot of these. Oh. He didn't submit any of the info that was needed. I guess, yeah, you're, if you're and the treasurer. this was the craziest part of this to me. And I actually turned to Katie last night as I was researching this. I said, do you want me to tell you something? No. Or do you want me to keep it fresh for the show? I want show? you to keep it fresh. 
And she said, keep it fresh for the show. This is wild. Okay. When they raided his house, yes. they found in his office yeah. two copies of the rece- of the credit card statements. One would say clean copy, <gasps> and the other would say work copy. And he literally hand-crossed the numbers no. out and would write the new or circle it and write the new number right next to it. In his handwriting. Yes, in his handwriting. D- didn't even do <laughs> He it. is a police officer. This is, that is nuts insane. to me. Oh, I could not believe he this. He could have even whited it out and printed out a no, new thing. No, they show photos of it. I mean, we'll put it in the yes, notes. Yes, yes, In the Justice Department's indictment, there are pictures of... Him nobody was gonna writing look at, it. He literally looks at evidence. That's what you do. You look at evidence nope. all day. He was making his own evidence. Now, here is oh, the part where I will oh, also yeah. say that I once worked for someone yeah. who is somewhat well-known. I will not name any names because yeah. I don't want to have any old beef with anybody. But somebody who's kind of like a lifestyle... Fancy-schmancy guy? Fancy-schmancy lady... A lady. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who is a lifestyle kind of influencer type. I'm I'm not a fan. Who had me do something like this for her business. And which is why (laughs) I, yeah, for to charge her Urban Outfitters trips and her fancy lunches by herself to the business. Um, Which is why I left. left. Um, Anyway. It's so funny. So people do it. Like people do it and believe that everybody just skims a little from the top. But if you're not a white person, it's a crime. If you're a yeah. white person, it's being clever. And then oh, everyone you're else, just it's uh, being, exploiting the yeah. uh, loopholes in the system. Right. And otherwise, it's being criminal. So, yeah. So, he had clean copy and work copy with literally like post-it notes <laughs> on it. Clean? Yes. Clean copy so and stupid. work copy. Um, in 2017... He submitted expenses for sixty nine thousand six hundred fifty five dollars. In two thousand eighteen, it was two hundred and sixty five thousand four hundred and sixty five dollars. In two thousand nineteen, it was three hundred and forty four thousand nine hundred nine. I mean, college is expensive. Twenty twenty during the pandemic, the Justice Department was really surprised about this one. Still one hundred and seventy four thousand one hundred and fourteen dollars because you got to get things delivered. And in two thousand twenty one, just through October, when they raided his house and he resigned as uh, the president of the union, he had still rung up one hundred and fifty three thousand eight hundred and thirty six dollars until he was uh, raided. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. 
or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this, talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Yeah, so the uh, the Justice Department said that it was uh, over a million dollars total between those years. Um, the quote, the majority of which was fraudulently obtained. Now, what's also interesting, aside from the fact that he's this big blustery guy who thinks everybody is a criminal and says, you know, like the blacks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and like is talking, uh, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. There have been rumors about this for about a decade. ProPublica actually did an interesting story about how he had been accused of some of this stuff before. Um, In 2011, people within either the union or the NYPD had told investigators that he misappropriated funds and was taking gifts in exchange for making certain decisions or doing favors for people or whatever. Oh, so like kicking bribery, basically, yeah. For police work. Yeah, he was okay. also accused of intervening in the case of a friend of his who had been pulled over for drunk driving yeah, yeah, and trying it. to get the guy off the hook. Yeah. Um, then in 2014, someone challenged him for the presidency of this union, okay. of the SBA. Um, he was president from 2002 to 2021 when he Jesus resigned. Christ. He won, um, I think, four different times, yeah. four or five different times. Yeah, basically said the same thing, that he was misusing funds, that he was paying for stuff. And then what happened? They said that um, he had uh, bought plane tickets to the Super Bowl with um, union money. Yeah. And that he had paid $18,000 to a neighbor of his um, who made up fake invoices for like services provided you know i miscellaneous whatever who knows what it was eighteen thousand. yeah that he had that it, that it was eighteen thousand dollars how did it say why he didn't get elected yeah well why he didn't get investigated yeah yeah well it's so uh, people for a lot of reasons people do not like to investigate the police um particularly well i think it's probably true in most places um but in new york city the police unions are very 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 powerful mm-hmm. and they um will absolutely wreck politicians careers they will target people it. like they the were yeah i mean real. they yeah i mean they will make stuff life very very difficult for people in what i would consider personally to be very unethical ways yeah so there was um the propublica story talks about this a little bit and i don't uh, actually i don't know all the details but basically ed mullins led this lawsuit a while back to get 
all of these sergeants overtime pay from the city. He claimed they claimed that they had not been properly paid overtime. Okay, that might happen. I don't know. Yeah. And they won. Yeah. Um, they won this case that was like, I think it was $20 million maybe and back overtime for like four or 5,000 different sergeants. Um, during that case, there was the suspicion that um, some of the people that the union was calling to testify were lying. Oh. And uh, someone, people within the city were starting to investigate that. Mm-hmm. And the judge in the case said, stop investigating them because people do not feel like they can testify. It, this is this looks like an act of intimidation mm-hmm. that you're investigating people as they're testifying in this case against the city. Okay. So back off. Mm-hmm. So that may have been on the back of people's minds. Um, one thing that the um, ProPublica article points out is that the city comptrollers who have the power to investigate financial improprieties within Mm -hmm. lots of places, but including the NYPD, um, a lot of them, the past three or four comptrollers have wanted to be mayor. So there may be some element of, I don't want to get into this because of my mayoral aspirations. Uh So I don't want to investigate the police. And just general investigating the police is... A nightmare. So um, they make it impossible. They make it. Uh, they make people's lives very difficult. Even the civilian review board that we have here, you know, they're very hostile, unpleasant. very yeah. hostile to them. Don't turn over records, etc. They they are absolutely fine not following, you know, the law and not delivering what's needed. So, um, because nobody's gonna really stand up to them. So, yeah, that was. There's a lot of reasons why these things went uninvestigated. Then also in the story, they talk about how this part of the city said, oh, we turned it over here. And the other part said, we turned it over here. And the other part said, well, we didn't get that. And I don't recall that. And it was probably better suited to this place. So talk to that, you know, it was hot potatoing this kind of investigation all around. So he was in this power for so long and he had people come up against him. Do you think those people were also intimidated by him? Like, did he, did he use intimidation or bribery on those people that tried to go up against him? I have no idea. I didn't know if that was recorded. No, I don't know. I mean, I think the union itself is intimidating yeah. in general. But uh, they, they had not... Also, everybody who was question. in the union really liked probably where he was taking it. Well, so I mean, he kept getting reelected. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, I think generally speaking, like police... I, I can't speak for individual police, but... but they liked him. Organized police communication is getting more aggressive they are not hiding their support of each other. Uh, yeah. They, the police unions in New York endorsed presidential candidate for the first time. in I don't know how many decades, maybe ever in 2020. And it was Trump and the unions were largely in favor of that. I mean, they, you know, the military doesn't support him though. I don't know about that. No, it is. I've talked to a lot of, um, people that they've said that like the military is so against him because he's proven them over and over again that he like makes fun of them and he like screws with them so military members i wonder if there are polls there's got to be polls yeah well i talked to somebody who was ex-military and he was like oh yeah nobody trusts him really? and, and he, because he made fun of the millet be fun of a disabled soldier because he's 
gone back and forth. He said at first the military was all on his side. And then they showed over and over again that he would pull out and lose funds and not support them. So they saw his true colors and never turned back. So maybe New York City police do, but a lot of um, military and Navy don't support him. Wow, yeah. The latest uh, a poll in uh, August 2020... 49.9% had an unfavorable view yeah. of Trump and 42% said they strongly disapprove of Trump's yes. time in office. Uh, yeah. Biden was winning 41 to 37 and third party had 13%. Yeah, That's kind of really, Well, because he showed it, I think it's really interesting. I think That's interesting. at least with military and Navy. Well, the police love Trump. I know. A but, lot. But well, with the New York City police too, but at least with military Navy, they they were very black and white with him because they don't want to show somebody who's fake. Like he faked it out with them. Like he showed fraud. He showed their, his true colors and they called him right away on it and they saw what he was doing and they, in their groups, they don't support it. But I'll say um, he might not have done those actions or pulled out as quickly with police. You know, mm-hmm. he's used he's used police as his like sounding board and he's used policing as a way to suppress certain people or ignite fear in certain places. So he hasn't turned his backs on them yet, but apparently he turned his back so quickly on the forces that they all understood real fast what was happening. So it's kind yeah. of interesting. Well, there's also a different... Because people lump them together. This is not to get too Marxist on everybody, but there's also a class... Uh, difference. So traditionally in leftist uprisings, uh, the military has been in play. Like it's possible that they take a leftist position or some portion of them, a large portion of them may take the leftist side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not always, certainly, but that has happened because in the military, it is a catch-all for a lot of people who are poor and working class. Mm -hmm. And whereas the function of police is really a class position. Like it is like, we are going to be the divider line between property uh, capitals owners and um, the people who don't have, I mean, that's the the structure of pretty much every law in the U S is in favor of people who already possess capital, who already possess property and against and criminalizing the behaviors of everybody who doesn't Mm -hmm. and punishing them as much as possible, essentially. So so (laughs) the the police have never really, there are very, very few examples that I'm aware of, of the police taking a leftist side of things they're consistently in favor of yeah it's they're consistently in favor of because they are a protected class in a lot of ways like they are not they're excluded from essentially having the law enforced on them yeah and that is an exchange made by the government the state to say look we will protect you from all of our Mm -hmm. punishments if you protect us from people yeah trying to reimagine society in any other way. That's why they've always been strike breakers and slave catchers. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, that's a huge part of their history. So I would say that just, you know, and the police unions have really become the mouthpiece for a very aggressive version of like, we're not only are we not changing, but we're going to actively scare you about 
what life will would be like if police have to change even a little bit that they're not afraid to I just feel like and it's like I just feel that they are the lar- the loudest mouthpieces because Yeah, they and this have, guy was Ed Mullins was one of the loudest yeah, of loud. And it's like you can have I feel like again like people just like genuinely trying to think that they're doing the right thing but then there's because there's all kinds of people in every single community. You know, there's like even in idealistic places, you're like, well, that guy kind of sucks. Like there's, there's all kinds of people, but the, the amount of control and the, the large mouthpiece and the large um, influence that they had in this situation, it just takes over. And so that's, they decide they want it to be this way. Um, they want to influence things in this way. And that's where we're going to go. Yeah. And I think um, I should also say that like, I don't we kind of, touched on it a little earlier. I don't know if it'll get left in, but I don't care like whether police are nice people. Like maybe they are. Mm-hmm. They, that's sort of irrelevant to me. And I find that to be like a deflection that people used. Like, but there are nice cops. It's like, okay, I'm not talking about whether they're nice or not. Like as a journalist, I work with everybody that I work with in my reporting basically has been incarcerated or is currently incarcerated. And like people think that like, you know, police brutality or things like that are this like, weird anomaly that happens sometimes. Like, it's not. It isn't. Every single person that I've ever met, you know, and these are people who are like, I'm 60 now. I did 30 years in prison. I'm a Buddhist. I only want to keep people out of trouble. You know, all I do is meditate and teach art to inner city kids and the police are fucked up. Like they're, they're not grinding they're not. some axe. No, I didn't think so. I'm just saying yeah. for like, cause people, I don't know, people hear stuff about the police and they're like, you're just like, whatever that's like, it's good. Or like, there's nice people. Like, I'm sure there are nice people. I'm just, I don't want to say that like, I'm not here to say that all police is individual people are bad. And I don't think that's what anybody should be concerned yeah, about anyway. Like this system, anyway. like this system lets, it would help this guy. Yeah. This, this system let, he's a huge example, but it is a system that lets, people who are in law enforcement skirt accountability for even little stuff. And, but I mean, big stuff for sure too. I mean, that's how it's designed. And I just think he's like a great example. Like he's a guy who's online on their Twitter account, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about welfare queens and stuff. And, and he's the whole time he's allegedly, you know, gaming the system for, almost a million bucks of his own unions. He's not scamming. He's not sticking up people on the street. He's sticking up other officers. Like that's why. That's also the, it's like these cult leaders, these concepts that they, they are so full of themselves. They believe this is owed to them. They believe whatever their salary is, isn't enough. So they have to find it in another way. So they deserve this. And the fact that they've reasoned that however they've put their life on the line, maybe they've had near death experiences. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've saved friends. Maybe they pulled people from yeah he could have seen some really messed up side i have no idea what kind of psychological in that moment with with that life experience he goes i this is this is my payment so he's taking it into his own hands and so he'll firmly yeah he'll (laughs) firmly believe that this is what's deserved to him and what's so fascinating is that you have someone who's in this power who's decreeing good and bad to other people and so i'm sure he's never thought another person in their shoes, somebody that he's arrested has believed that this is what they deserved. And mm-hmm. it, like, like, because the same thing of taking something that's not yours, you have to reason in your mind, there's a reason to take it. So well, that is, that is also like, that's a, that's a thing, especially in the U S I mean, I don't know if it's true in other places, but especially in the U S it's like when there's white collar crime, yeah, it's like, 
oh, that's good business. Like yeah. you're just, that's a loophole. Or that's like, oh, cut them some slack. Or like, everybody else is doing Oh, that's, it. A, you know, a yeah. um, million dollars over whatever. Like, yeah, like that's how they do it. Or that's how this, but like pick, you know, stick somebody up for $20 on the street and you're an animal that yeah. needs to be in a cell for the re- for, right. for 10 years. It's, yeah, or t- God forbid you don't swipe your Metro card. You need six cops to come over and, and hassle exactly. you. It's like, there's always been that excuse of, well, it's different when people look like me. It's different it when is. they're white. It's different when they're rich um, than when the they're poor or black or yeah. Latino or But the justification whatever. that he has that he deserves this, he's also going to think that he is unique in this way. It's only he that has this situation. It's only he that figured it out, that he's so much smarter than everyone else. It's like the number yeah. one thing with scammers is that they think, how come nobody else did this? Also, I'm so much smarter. <laughs> I think it's the the vision of him thinking, oh man, I'm so smart as he scratches out yeah. the, he does. He does. on his credit card statement. And like, oh, clean copy and work copy. No one's ever going to be able to crack this Real code. They're not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to be able to figure this one out with my knee. Yeah, I mean, that is just, that is the funniest thing in the world to me. Like, oh, they'll never figure this code out. Oh, one has a blue post it and the other has a yellow post-it <laughs> and I wrote work copy fancy, and fancy clean fancy copy on yeah. one. They'll never be able to crack this nut. This one has a highlighter on it. Yeah, that's yeah. just, to me, is like the funniest thing. It's like, just- I hope assuming he did this, I hope that Sure. He was sitting there no, like, they're, they're oh, so man, proud. I am so, so smart. They're so proud. I would be so scared to get caught. I would never just keep post-it notes. That's wild. But then, so here's the other thing, too. I would With be this, losing my mind. Would I wouldn't be able to do anything else. I wouldn't even be able to enjoy these dinners. I would be sitting there sweating like, this is $2 worth of stolen steak on my fork. You don't believe that this is your... You don't believe that this is your your God-given right I'm to... I'm entitled to this. Yes, and that is the thing. It's an entitlement. And then if there ever... I don't believe I'm entitled to pretty much anything. <laughs> Genuinely, like, we are If not, anything, I am the opposite. Here. Humans should not be. Dinosaurs lived for so long. <laughs> not to get back yeah. to preschool lo- logic, but, like, we're a blip in life. Like, it's... We're nothing. Like, we don't deserve anything. We're, we're lucky that we're here. We're lucky we're alive, that we're breathing. In a second, we're going to get wiped out by a volcano. It's fine. Just be lucky you're alive. But what I'm saying... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but what the other thing too with these we watch honors, a lot of magic school bus we do sorry. we do um uh, the thing that is crazy is that like then when you build up this situation when you build up this behavior this style this lifestyle of like over a million dollars you got to keep it up because then you believe you're also a vehicle for showing everyone how great life could be yeah. like sometimes then they think they're like these messiahs who are representing how you should live your life Mm -hmm. and why you should love the police department and showing how great like then they take this all cult leaders do and i'm not saying he's a cult leader but a a lot of our cult leaders who are in charge Mm -hmm. of other people who are scamming or, or the head of an mlm or a pyramid scheme they believe then that they are sharing through their 
exorbitant wealth the the message mm-hmm. and the way to live and why it's legitimate because you get positive you get positive reinforcement if you come up and you're showing up with a Mercedes and you have all this shit and you're feeling so fancy and your wife is decked out in jewelry everyone likes you and respects you you're getting this positive reinforcement so you want to keep it going there's no reason if this person believes that he is he is unaffected by checks and balances that he can write sticky notes of like lie to government don't lie to government <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not gonna, oh my god i wish it had said that <laughs> he's not gonna guess himself ever he's never oh gonna second guess himself that's amazing well right now he's uh, i guess he's awaiting trial and um in his beautiful home and his be- he gets to just hang out in his lovely long island home and everything's fine and he's facing a uh, maximum sentence is 20 years there's no in way he's yeah or just is no in a prison whoa that's but he's suck. not gonna get that for but sure if he gets any really time bad. it'll be like three or what now they'll send him to like white I'm collar nice or yeah or they'll put him in tennis prison <sighs> he might be in isolated oh, yeah. quote-unquote isolated confinement because you cannot so have a dangerous. cop running around a prison no i mean they he, will, like get he yeah. will get killed he will get killed he will get very like very injured <laughs> um so yeah i don't know what that'll look like but yeah it's um yeah that's we're just we don't have a verdict yet so all of this is alleged for now although the fbi finding these (laughs) sticky notes on things like literally crossed out his Um, youtube video of how to scam the government (laughs) really isn't working for him yeah his (laughs) His if if i did it by ed mullins yeah Yeah, no it's yeah so it it doesn't i don't know how they're gonna argue i don't know what the defense argument will be but as somebody who reports a lot on the legal system i he's entitled to a defense he's entitled to a vigorous defense and yeah. it's on the government to prove all of this that he did it well, and if they nice. can't do it then he deserves to walk free there's that's how the Ugh. that's actually yes, that ha- having ha- talked i know it's like very tough for people to digest sometimes but i will say that having talked to people who have been in a lot of lot a lot of prison people who have been in prison it's a vigorous defense and the possibility of of people beating their charges is very 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 essential to the system even though it's even though sometimes even though the idea of this guy walking free or people who did bad stuff walking free that is i'm just actually happy yeah, it's important. It is. And I'm just happy it's exposed. I think that's the number one thing. I think that there's, maybe it's just that I'm settling in the world that I don't think everyone is going to get, every bad guy is going to get in trouble. I don't think everything's crime is going to get solved. I don't mm-hmm. think everything's going to be justified. It really doesn't feel justified right now, the system that we're in. No. Um, so I don't actually expect that to be justified, but I'm just happy that it's out there. And I'm happy yeah. for the validation of people that felt that this was shady, that people were mm-hmm. in his network, that other cops that were like this is not right or this is crazy or he's he's manipulating me or he's lying to me like i'm i i'm just happy that it's gotten out into the public and the the they deserve that the sba is also suing him for all yes. of the money that because he then this is the, he a million dollars that. plus other damage because he has to pay my god that's from pension plans that's from fees mm-hmm. that's from taxes i mean i don't know how that'll ever get back to anyone but because that's beyond me but like i think also I guess it's cynical of me that I don't expect that much punishment on his part, as he clearly doesn't. But um, 
I just, I'm glad that this is brought out there so that people know about it. And also somebody who this whole time would be like, the system is flawed. They can also feel justified. Even just a regular citizen who's like, I've seen this done. I know what happens. No one's listening to me. Mm -hmm. They all act like they're the good guys. And I'm some kind of like loser because I did Mm -hmm. something once when I was 15. Yeah. That it, it, it should be out there. Everything should be brought to light. Oh, everyone should know that cops commit all kinds of crimes. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. like people should know that and that when they are on their high horse about being the dividing line between civilization and chaos, that mm-hmm. they are 100% out there committing crimes. They have really high rates of domestic violence. I they have really high rates of upsetting. lots of stuff. We know, we I mean, know. they're and yeah. instead of sticking up dice games like they did in the 70s, now this is what they're doing more white collar stuff they don't have to stick up dice games although they might i don't know i don't i don't want to think about it it's 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 very very upsetting and the it gets me really sad because there's a lot of bad out there and i just get very very depressed but um but i'll say that like i think that I love, I'm a big fan of the FBI, actually. Like, you can feel however you want to feel. The <laughs> FBI, they watch Jen Shaw. They're watching the cops. They're watching reality uh, TV. They they're are. Just, the FBI, they're just like us. They are. They're looking at the Shaw Shockers. Like, I'm really into the, I know I got to wrap this up. I'm really into the FBI doing their homework. And I support them. And we did have one friend who knew an FBI guy. And he wouldn't tell us anything. He wouldn't tell us anything. Alan, yeah, he was dying. He was like, please give me a wink. Like, just a tell me generally what he you do. He wouldn't say a single word. And because he, he knew Alan would get on this podcast and tell everybody. No, this was before this podcast <laughs> I know, I know, existed. I know. But like, I really, I am. We're big fans here of the FBI. I'm sure they do their mm. own. I'm sure they do their own bad stuff, and I'm sure historically they've done their own bad stuff. But currently, right now, they does seem that they are trying. Everyone's they did up kill for Fred grabs. Hampton. Who's Fred Hampton again? The black socialist leader from Chicago. Fuck. I don't. I mean, that's right. <laughs> that's horrible too. I. I'm, you're getting me so depressed. I'm trying to think of like a positive. And they sent F letters to right. Martin Luther King to say he should kill himself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Everybody. <laughs> the world sucks. I'm gonna go kill myself. I uh, no, no, like, oh, no, yes. no, 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 no. Right now, right now, I, I like that I'm seeing it's a little bit more impartial than maybe historically it had been. There are Hopefully, lots. I will say. Having reported, having reported, no, having reported on a lot of this stuff, let me say that there are, well, I'll leave you on the happy note because a lot of my reporting actually involves alternatives to these things and like what works and does other stuff work. And I will say that there are tons of robust, interesting, effective systems that are small. They don't get a lot of attention. They don't get a lot of money, but that are helping people changed their lives in prison before, you know, instead of punishment that are helping people change their lives before they get to prison without punishment that are alternatives to policing. These things exist. They're small. I, I'm not, I have no idea if abolition or whatever is possible, but there, there are these examples and there are a lot of organizations that are doing interesting stuff. You can look up 1 million experiments is a great one. Oh, you can look up also um, interrupting criminalization. Um, there are, and there are lots of like small on the ground organizations all over the country that are trying to keep people out of the prison system, the jail system, that are trying to keep people from police interactions, um, that are trying to genuinely bring meaningful reforms to different police departments that have been, some of them have been pretty effective. I don't know if it solves all the problems of policing, probably not, but it can help reduce violence and things like that. These things exist. And so 
they're worth looking into, looking up, giving them your support if you're interested. They need volunteers. They need people who can do their social media, that can make art for them, that can help organize events. They can do, yeah, they need, they need that kind of stuff. And they're small. And when they get written about by journalists, they're really excited. Um, and actually, it's a great joy. And it's changed my attitude about this system and law, you know, the criminal legal system, because I've been able to see the organizations and meet the people who are doing work that's outside the punishment paradigm and are changing people's lives without throwing them into cells or arresting them, giving them the resources that they need to, to succeed and helping them do that without, um, without violence and more harm. So these things are out there. So yeah, the police do a lot of troubling things, but there's also a ton of people out there working and having success. It's just small and it's here and there and they, so they need attention. So yeah, that might be a good spot to a happy, bright yeah. spot to end on. Maybe not happy, but there's possibility for other things there's an and they're real. It's not like there. theoretical. Yeah. Put your energy in those places. They're not just ideas. They're people actually doing this work. So it's real. It exists. It's tangible. It's making impact. And instead of just complaining about the police all day, which we can do and needs to happen, but we can also get involved in doing stuff and learning about how those organizations work and what other approaches work. They're out there. They're out there. Oh, this is heavy. I know it can be. It gets me really sad. It just gets me really sad. And I think that um, this year has felt, I think COVID has just felt like very overwhelming because there's a feeling of like when shit is going down, we can at least get out there. We can get out of our apartments. Mm -hmm. We can move a muscle. We can feel Mm -hmm. like we're making change, even if it was distracting and not necessarily the best. Like I'm, I'm happy that things have happened. I'm happy that awareness skyrocketed in 2020 of things Mm. that were happening in people's lives that finally the rest of the world noticed um and not just small groups of people that were being treated that way Mm -hmm. but it's like it's just feels in a very tight place right now it just feels very hard and um uh, thank you for bringing this tonight and i i really want to know about this guy's wife I wonder, like, did she get her Botox? Know. Did she get injections? Like, was the jewelry hers? I'm not even sure he's married. I have no idea. Seems like you would know. be, though, right? I feel like you would be. Because, like, that much money, like... 60-something-year-old cop, Long Island? Yeah, Feels like it. He's got to settle down. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, if he has kids. I want to know, like, if any females benefited from this and how they if look. If you're Ed Mullen's <laughs> wife, will you call in to scam how wow, please? Look? Please call in. Oh, yes. Um, so, guys, anyway, we love you. Thank you so much, Alan, for doing this episode. Thank you for it's having so me. Sweet. Thank you to our apartment for housing, for housing us. us. Thank you to our future um, sponsors of the bikes, uh, yeah. exercise bike sponsors, wherever you are. Yeah. I need you. Thank you for... To our listeners, yeah. and Kate and Jesse, for editing. And, guys, if you have anything on this, if you have an opinion, a point of view, if you've been scammed or not been scammed, if you need a friend, you can call us on our hot <laughs> tip hotline because, you know, I love a phone call. 347-509-941. We're also on scamwowpodcast at gmail.com, at scamwowpodcast on Instagram, Twitter, I believe on Facebook, and we're here for you guys, and we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye! 
ScanWow Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moldenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening. All of your support. We're so happy to have you here and we will see you next week. Bye. Anna Sheridan. New York Times bestselling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I turn to the pad? Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierced the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. Of course. What else would it be? The Sheridan Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.